If we've learned anything from humanity's discovery of game-changing and potentially destructive technologies in the past, is that at some point someone decides it's a race, whether it be nuclear, whether it be computers, whatever it might be, and tries to outrun everybody else. The nuclear issue was the big one, of course, and now we're seeing AI becoming potentially the greatest geopolitical weapon in history. Our signals feature this evening with uh, Professor Stephen Boyke-Sidley at the University of Johannesburg. It's clearly something, uh, Stephen, that's worrying you. Yes, Bruce, if we're not careful soon, we're all going to be Chinese citizens obediently voting for the CCP. Let me give you a little bit of context about what this is all about. Please. The (laughs) invention of artificial intelligence, particularly since about 2017 and then ChatGPT in 2023, um, is probably, not probably, certainly the most important technological wave that has ever been invented by humans. It will outpace the impact of, I don't know, fire, tools, the domestication of agriculture, the wheel, the Gutenberg press, electricity, lighting, mobility, radio, the TV, internet, all of them. Why is that so? The reason that is so is because artificial intelligence is the only technology that has ever been invented by humans that can learn. That is a very, very profound statement. We do not understand what this means other than the fact that its impact is going to be exponential and much, much faster than the other technologies I mentioned. So so that's the background to this. What transpires, and you take this all into account, is that though that country which wins the AI race will be able to have complete control over the dissemination of information and the storage of information, and I'm talking about the entire corpus of human history. Why is that? Because when one AI is smarter than another AI, it is exponentially smarter than another AI and will be able to shut off all other avenues of inquiries easily. So there is this tremendous race amongst countries to get the best AI, which gives them a mechanism to control politics. At the root of all of this, Bruce, is a chip called the GPU, which is a kind of central processing unit, a CPU, which I'm sure your listeners have heard about, um, which is purpose-fit for artificial intelligence and which is designed by an American company. They're in the lead called NVIDIA, but it is manufactured in, wait for it, Taiwan. Taiwan Taiwan is the biggest and best, meanest manufacturing Uh, semiconductor manufacturing plants in the world. Nobody comes close. There are no other ones, which, of course, was all very good in in the age of globalization. But now that everybody's deciding to go to war and and killing each other and yelling at each other and being nasty to each other, you do not want the means of production for something as powerful as AI to be close to China. And as we all know, China has been threatening to invade Taiwan for a long time, and the threats get louder and louder. So if they were to invade Taiwan tomorrow, China would control the throttle over AI. Let me stop there before I run my mouth off and let you let you come. No, but it's it, it it's a it's a compelling hypothesis because here you've got Nvidia, which has seen the share price you know considerably rise. And I only wish I paid closer attention and acted on your piece that you wrote in early December before Nvidia went stratospheric, uh, because we'd all be a little bit wealthier by now. I trust you acted on your own guidance there. But when it comes to um, the, the the manufacturing 
of microchips and these particular chips that are great for AI and then the vulnerability of Taiwan in the face of China, which is watching Ukraine and the world's response to Ukraine as to whether or not it can colonize Taiwan. It, it creates this, this real tension, doesn't it? And it's a, a little bit like climate change, this whole AI thing, I wonder. Um, we know it's there, but we kind of think it's something to worry about in the future. And I think intellectually we know that that's not true. Climate change needs to be worried now, about now as there's AI and the way in which it's governed into the future. Correct. So all of the other technologies that I've talked about, and plus you've talked about other global, global issues like climate change, have taken place over either millennia or centuries or 20 or 30 years like the Internet. AI is unfolding in real time. It is happening at, at a terrifying and, most importantly, an accelerating rate. And so we will see this unfold in the next three, four, five years. So we can't afford to look away. And there are strategists among governments and think tanks and universities all over the world who do scenario planning. And the horror scenario that they see in front of them is that China invades Taiwan and suddenly is in control of who has the AI. And if they're in control of that story, they win the geopolitical race and can turn humanity's history to their advantage because they control the flow of information, not only current information, past information. For instance, somebody said to me, well, how are they going to do that? Well, an AI could take control of the Internet. If an AI has control of the Internet, you can block all information that you don't want out, which China already does, and you could do that globally. So the scenario planners are terrified of this. And what happened was that Sam Altman, who is known to most of your listeners as the man who was behind ChatGPT. It's now version 4, yep. so it's called ChatGPT4. He was the man who built that entire system with assistance from Microsoft, with funding from Microsoft. In fact, originally with, from funding with Elon Musk and later from Microsoft. He has taken a look at this thing and he has got himself, as you will excuse the expression, he's got his panties into a knot and he's saying we cannot have the world's AI dependent on manufacturing plants a couple of miles from China. And he is now pulling together a consortium of investors to put manufacturing plants up elsewhere in the world. Now, I'm going to throw a figure at you here, Bruce, which is an incomprehensible figure. He is raising, wait for it, $7 trillion to do this. Now, anybody who's in the money-raising business, as I have been at times in my life, $7 trillion is an unimaginably large number. It's bigger than most of the world's countries' yeah. GDPs. It is bigger than developed countries' total debt. It is bigger than sovereign funds. $7 trillion is Im immeasurably large. And he thinks that it is important enough to counter Chinese aspirations in AI to run around to Japan and America and Europe and Intel and Microsoft and the UAE and whoever else will give him some money so that he can put manufacturing plants all over the world. So even if China invades Taiwan, they will not get control of this technology. However, there is this this very real fear and the possibility that it manifests. And when when something like AI, which is borderless and you know it's the first technology that can that can truly penetrate across borders without a visa without an invitation without any sort of pre-invitation i think that's what's so terrifying about 
this ability to take control of the internet, to disseminate information, to control information, the flow of information, the flow of technology, the flow of capital anywhere in the world. It becomes this really horror scenario. It's impossible to answer the question, but what are the odds of AI being used essentially for control and evil? It it feels very Orwellian, and perhaps that's why we need to be reading 1984 once a year. You know, I saw a wonderful quote um, just in the past few days researching this article. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember who did it. He said, in the old days, you would need an army to kill a lot of people. In these days, you need one person to kill a billion people. And whether it is that one person who has used AI to, to let loose a biological or biochemical weapon or to build a nuclear bomb, or even better, to control all the information, in which case you don't have to fire a shot or kill anybody. It is now possible. I know there are many of your listeners out there, Bruce, who have read about AI and they think to themselves, ah, this is no big deal, they'll control it, it's not a problem, it will do wonderful things like medicine, which it will in the fields of health and, and, and other areas. And there will be some people who use it for spam and deep fakes and all sorts of awful things, but don't be alarmist. I want to urge people to consider the following. I spend my days reading what is happening in labs around the world with AI. And I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about America and Saudi Arabia and China and Europe. And this is a technology whose capabilities are beyond understanding at this point. So much so that if an AI does something today, like ChatGPT4, its researchers cannot always understand why it did that thing because it's internal the nuclear core of these ais have to do with statistical inference which is different than all other computer systems which work on algorithms and that unpredictable statistical inference is the scary thing because it means they move faster we can't understand them they move at speeds we don't understand and this stuff is happening over the next few years um, and I'm, I'm aware of the fact that I'm throwing alarmism out there, and I'm aware of the fact that I'm probably overriding yeah. the wonderful things that AI will bring us, that there are real and present dangers here. Thank you, Stephen Boyke Sidley, this evening, Professor of Practice at JBS at the University of Johannesburg. I think it's a very sobering conversation. Um, does it scare the living daylights out of you? Well, it should. I'm wondering whether I'm feeling afraid. I'm, and maybe it's that naivety. Maybe it's that sort of sense, well, surely common decency and humanity prevails. Surely. But what if it doesn't? That's what Stephen Boyke Sidley is raising for us this evening. Professor at the University of Johannesburg.